It's time for the main event of your day. Yo, what is up, Unexpected fam? We are here, and my name is Dustin. And I'm Chriselle. And we are the Unexpected Wrestling Podcast, guys. We are so glad to just be bringing you guys an episode today. I know me and Chriselle have been all over the place with the podcast and the recording schedule and releasing episodes and all this other stuff. We want to just, I just want to say, actually, thank you guys for sticking with us through, like, the inconsistency of our posting of podcast episodes. Because, like we've said on other podcasts before, our schedules right now are some of the busiest that we've probably ever seen. But Throughout your continued support, you guys have opened up other avenues, whether it be through our Instagram, our Twitter, for us to continue to keep making content and continue to keep having fun with it. So just really quickly, I want to say thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. You guys are completely supportive. Our like episodes themselves, even though we're a little inconsistent, you guys are still tuning in anytime we do drop something. So thank you a million times. And if this is your first episode listening, welcome to the Unexpected Fam. And we appreciate you. Yo, and we always say that we want to give you guys some fun, some interesting, some cool stuff. And today we're going to talk about SummerSlam. Like, of course, everybody does a SummerSlam recap and review show. Like, we get it. We get it. But we feel like SummerSlam was, had some really noteworthy things things happen on it that if we didn't talk about it i feel like we'd be kind of missing the boat a little bit so with that being said me and chris are here to talk to you guys about SummerSlam, what we see coming out of it and just give our opinions on the show in general i feel like i have a few opinions that others may not have i'm interested to share them uh chris how are you feeling about all of this i everyone's saying it i know nothing this isn't an original thought but the, i feel like with triple h the tides are turning and it SummerSlam was a good little taste of that Okay, I, I don't I don't think that's crazy. Um, I'm not going to step on that at all. I think that's a good take. But like I said, I'm interested to get in the show because I personally had my things with the show that I kind of didn't like. And I see it getting a lot of praise, and I thought it was good, but I have some things I want to say. But before we officially, officially hop into the review, recap, whatever you guys want to call this thing, uh, I just, of course, want to say make sure you guys like, follow, subscribe, uh, you know, all of that good stuff with the podcast so you can keep up and you don't miss an episode. Now that we're not necessarily posting on the most consistent of schedules, we don't want you guys to miss an episode so make sure you guys are following us on all our social medias because we do promote our episodes there and then of course if you guys follow it on apple podcast you can sign up to get the notifications uh i don't exactly know how spotify works but i would assume that spotify operates and works in the same ways especially also with anchor if you guys are listening there so make sure you guys are keeping up with the podcast and also we post reels at this point every single day like we're posting a reel a funny little 10 second video every single day so if you guys want to go get yourselves a laugh make sure you're following our instagram and make sure you guys like and comment on those things too because it continues to help us reach a bigger audience we might be inconsistent on how much we post like our a podcast episode but we are very interactive in the comments so if you guys want to be a little more connected, that is a good way to do it. Yes, indeed. And one more quick thing. Uh, I'm dealing with a little bit of a throat thingy. So if you guys hear me make a mini cough at any point, and I know Chriselle's not at 100%. She may be at like 80. I'm probably about like 70, 75. So if you guys hear anything, it's not the C word, guys. Don't worry. But uh, <laughs> if you guys like hear anything, just bear with us and stick with us. But we're ready to hop into this review and recap. And the show started off with what Chriselle called her main event. Chriselle, I actually want to let you kind of take the lead on this one because you were so excited excited about just the match in general and then we got a lot so go for it so just in general right i was excited for this because as long as this wasn't like a squash match i would be happy i know some people wanted it to be bianca comes out and squashes becky in the same amount of time it took becky to give her like that whatever happened last SummerSlam that i'm still not over but it was a good match. And actually, it's just now been confirmed that she was she was doing most of that match with an injured sh shoulder. So I don't know what that means for her leaving SummerSlam. Because I know, I, I don't even know how to talk. So much happened. Um, <laughs> Before I say that part, the match itself, I understand that like me, I think Dustin had said when we were watching that it wasn't as like, it, it wasn't, it, you didn't think it hit that final gear. Like that's how you usually describe it, right? Like it doesn't hit, go into it. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like most effective gear. Yeah. Personally, like I, I thought the match was okay. Like it's Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. I think they have magic and chemistry together. You know, call them wrestling soulmates or whatever you want to call them. I think they're great. Uh, and I don't want to say I was comparing it to their WrestleMania match. But when you have a match as good as you do at WrestleMania, I think the expectation is just there. 
So watching the match, I was just kind of like, it was good. It was good, but I'm not going to remember the match in T-minus six months. You know what I mean? That type No, of I understand. I think I still enjoyed it because I've, I've mentioned before that I think how these wrestlers wrestle on a week-to-week basis is different than what they do on their pay-per-views. Like, I almost feel like they unlock all their moves or, like, there's just a certain, like, there's just more oomph to their matches that I think that's a part of the reason why I liked it. But I do think the WrestleMania match was a lot better. But again, it was kind of refreshing to see, especially how like not so great Raw and SmackDown have been and not like on their behalf, but just in general that like everything's kind of been reruns. Everything's kind of been a little stale. So like kind of seeing a little bit more fire in the ring was really nice. No, and I, I agree with that statement. My my biggest thing, like you said, it wasn't as good as their WrestleMania match. And, and mind you, Becky was wrestling with a separated shoulder. So I I don't know how much of the match had to get reworked or this, that, and the other. But like I said, I think it was actually one of the better matches on the card on SummerSlam. I think it was one of the better matches. But it just didn't hit that final gear for me. And there's no problem with that because I know it, I still know it was a great match. It just, I don't even want to say it wasn't as good as I expected. I don't know. It, it was still Becky versus Bianca. And I think I was kind of getting fatigue of it to an extent. And clearly, we're not going to be seeing that anymore for a little while with the separated shoulder. And of course, what happened after the match. Did you have any fatigue going into this match, Chriselle? Or can I? Can, I understand. Not really. <laughs> I know. I, no, I understand that. I think it was just like SummerSlam was a rematch of Mania. And it's just like, ah, dang, we doing this again. But I didn't have a problem. I understood the culmination of the story. But but I think, Chriselle, what everyone is talking about with this match, of course, we're going to get to it. Whew. Okay. So the match ends. Bianca Belair is victorious. Victorious. And we're, we're getting there, right? But I feel like this lull after this match of, like, there was the handshake between uh, Bianca and Becky. And and then there's the hug. There's all this, right? So you're you're really ready for this to kind of just, all right, we're going to move on to the next segment. But go ahead, Dustin. What happens next? No. So what happens next, and I'm sure you all saw it, so I'm not going to get into too much details and bore you, duh. But Bailey's music hits. And this is the one that I think everybody kind of expected, more or less. Like, it was no, I don't want to call it not a surprise, but it was the one where it was like, if I had to put it on my bingo card, I'm putting that on the bingo card, you know? Like, okay, Bailey's back. Awesome. We're going to get a Becky, not, excuse me, a Bianca and Bailey program, you know, the program that didn't, technically speaking, finish last year. Awesome. We're going to get that. But then Triple H was Triple H. <laughs> he was Triple H because we get Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai, who was just released. I don't even have a date, but it couldn't have been three, four months ago. I might be overshooting it. April? It it wasn't even three months ago, right? April, May? I don't know. I'll have that. Maybe I'm overshooting. Maybe I'm undershooting. I don't have the exact date. Chris, I was going to look it up. But Dakota Kai, who just got released, she pulls up and she's next to Bailey. And then, and then, Chris, this one made me scream. I ain't even going to lie. Chris, as my witness, we were watching at her place. I hear the ding, ding. And I was like, that's EO Shirai's music, bro. And EO comes out there and I went crazy because there had been rumors of EO possibly leaving the WWE. So it was really interesting and exciting to see EO there. So you got Bailey, who has been out for over a year, you know, with the torn ACL and everything, destroyed her leg. You got Dakota Kai, who was recently released from the company. And then you got EO Shirai, who is now going by EO Sky. We're just going to call her EO. And then you got EO coming in who there has been rumors of her leaving the company in the next like month or so because her contract's expiring. You got all three of them. It is the biggest shot in the arm of like adrenaline, strength, whatever you want to call it, to that women's division that I have seen in WWE in a little bit of a while. You getting three top tier talents, two NXT, two former NXT women's champions, and then Dakota Kai, who can go with anybody. Like, let's be real here. She's one of the best in the world. If you haven't seen her work in NXT, you're missing out. I'm so excited. I am so excited. Dakota Kai got released in April. Since April, we've had the women's tag team titles kind of just fall off the market off of, after all that stuff with Naomi, Sasha, and Vince McMahon. So many releases, so many people leaving from WWE. The women's division has been weak, and not because of talent, but you can only do so much when there's so few people there and you're not writing these storylines. Also, these three coming out together was proposed to Vince McMahon. 
and denied. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is like, and uh, mm-hmm. d- like these are people that Bailey want has has been wanting to work with, like, and this and and then just hasn't had that chance. And now there is a chance. And just just even like without even thinking about like them going against Bianca and um and Becky, it just them alone coming into the division. Those are three powerful women that can one go in the ring or they just have so much character that like the storylines write themselves no matter where you plant them with whoever you plant them. But then you kind of throw into like, oh, they're coming for Bianca. They're coming for the belt. But then Becky steps in, right? And at this point, this is when I, this is when Sasha and Naomi start trending, right? Because it's three of them, I, mm-hmm. and then it's yeah, Bianca yeah, yeah. by herself for a little bit. They're like, "Oh, this is this is the time." But Becky, after the hug, whatever, after like rolling out, she comes back in and she stands with Becky. Uh, not Becky. Becky doesn't stand with Becky. Becky stands with Bianca. There's too many B's. <laughs> Becky stands Becky, with Becky. Bianca, Bailey. Too much. Too much going on. And so it becomes a that. Then it kind of changes the question of like who would be their third. But now Becky's injured. I don't know how long that's going to take to heal. Is it going to be quick? Is it not going to be quick? What is the alternative? Then there's rumors of WWE smoothing it over with Naomi and Sasha. And that's the one that everybody wants to see. That's the one. That's the money maker. That I don't. There's no way you can be upset with that three trio. And this is something that I'm a big fan of AEW with that AEW. Does, and I'm not making this AWWE, but something that AEW does is factions, right? But something that I don't like about AEW is how they treat their women because nine times out of ten, you don't have women factions. You know what I mean? Like there's no women groups. And I sit here and I look and I'm like, WWE has a very prime opportunity now. You have EO, Bailey, and Dakota. Great. That's that's fantastic. I'm not even gonna sit here and act. That is fantastic. But you could do something of Becky, uh, Bianca, and Asuka. Or you could do Bianca, Sasha, Naomi. Or you could do Asuka, Alexa, Bianca. I'm just throwing names out there that it's like you have so many opportunities for so many fresh and interesting matchups with just adding those three people to the roster. And it just makes me so excited because I I love Bailey. I think Bailey is one of my favorite heels because she's a very, like, She's hip- she's a she's that hypocritical heel that like she's really good but like she's not good if that makes any sense if you're a fan of Bailey you kind of have an idea of what I'm saying like Bailey's fantastic in the ring but the way she wrestles sometimes it's like she wrestles under herself to where it's like I have to cheat to win I'm not good and like she's hypocritical though she'll be like I'm the best I don't know I like stuff like that it, it gives me a Seth Rollins vibe but you know turned down to like an eight and Seth Rollins is on like a twelve you know what I mean so I love Bailey I- I'm so excited for it I'm, i can't wait to see eo get in the ring and just jump off of stuff like i'm a simple man and i love wrestling and these women are three of the best so really quickly we're gonna move on to the other matches of course but for me personally chriselle i don't know about you but for me this was the moment of the night i don't think the night hit a peak as it did in this match a lot of people are gonna say the main event and we'll get there but for me this was the peak of the night uh i, I want to ask you do you think that they're gonna progress to getting the belt off of bianca whether it's bailey or eo do you think this is their method to get the belt off of bianca or is bianca gonna run through that not run through you know what i mean but you know it'll be a trial for bianca to fight through and this that and the other where do you see this going i personally do still enjoy bianca and i know you're you're bringing in new people like they they did didn't get their chance i think uh, i showed you that video where um they were doing like that quick interview when they were leaving the ring it was like bailey why now like why whatever it's like um and bailey had said something along the lines of like oh like you'll just have to wait and see or like you'll have to wait just like we did and kind of like these are women that kind of got one injury being pushed to the side or released like these are all like yeah the stories of like oh i'm gonna come like you like you pushed it like it's that classic wrestling story like oh i've been pushed to the side or like the like the the odds were not on my side like i've had to come up right and like that can be a beautiful Mm -hmm. story in itself i don't think you put it on bailey i don't think you need to put it on bailey i think you put it on to one of the other two women's i think you can easily put it on the other two women i know that right now is going to be leader vibe but in order for like longevity for wwe it makes more sense for them to put it on the other two women and that way it like bailey taking it off of bianca like 
cool. That's great for the fan. Like, I just, I, I don't think it's really neat. It's cool and it's, it's great, right? But I just don't think it's needed. Whereas I also can see it as it, like you said, like a good chance for Bianca to run through it, like kind of build her up. We'd like, we have the four, four horse women. There's some of them are still around. Some of them, they come in and out. It's kind of a revolving door. How long are they going to be around? It's always kind of just iffy. You do need the next one. Like you need to build other women besides the four that you had. And Bianca has been there through the pandemic, through everything, been pushed aside, had this, had that, that she does deserve to be built that way. Like she had the belt before, but then it got taken off in like a slimy way. She just got it back at WrestleMania. Let her have a moment because the women's division hasn't had that moment in a while. It is tossed around so much. Mm. If you're not Charlotte Flair, you're losing it every two seconds. Well, Charlotte Flair also loses it very often, but we're not going to talk about that. She, But she gets it every two yes. seconds. So, so. Mm, where I think we do need a strong run. Because even like when we were talking about, I don't know if we did an episode on this or not, but we were talking about how like um, the women's uh, money in the bank, it's always a quick turnaround. Oh, yeah. Like nothing is like a moment. Nothing is teased. Nothing is built. It's just kind of like, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it quick. So I, I want more. So I, I hear what you're saying. I think the beauty of all of this is you have various ways that you can go about it. Um, I do. I do agree that I think there is a story. I genuinely think there is a story where you can have Bianca power through the three of them. I really do, because I think you can do it in a way that Bianca is legitimate enough, but she's not in the vein of like killing careers you know what i mean like bianca wins lol i don't think she's in that vein but i think there is that push there that extra gear you can kind of give her I, I do agree with that but also i don't necessarily agree with you that any three of them can get the belt right now i don't think their group dynamic mind you i haven't seen anything of them other than them three walking out but i think bailey is the leader quote unquote the quote unquote leader I don't know if their group dynamic works if Bailey doesn't have the belt on her first. I'm going to say first. I'm not going to say in general, but I'm going to say first. Um, but I think that's the beauty of it because I, I think there is a way you can do it to where, yo, they came back and they stomped the crap out of Bianca and took the belt off of her. I think that's an interesting story. I think you can do that because you have somebody like Bailey who fans have been clamoring for for over a year. And it's like, yo, please come back. Please come back. And yes, Bailey is a four horsewoman. Like, I'm not arguing that. I am not arguing that point at all. However, you cannot sit there and tell me that Bailey is respected to the degree that, say, a Becky Lynch or a Charlotte Flair is. I don't think that is true at all. And mind you, a new regime with Triple H in charge, but that's my point. I think there's a story there. I really think there's a story of Bailey, the dominant heel champion, until WrestleMania next year. I don't know. I hear you that Bailey isn't respected the same way that Charlotte and Becky is. And that's a part of that's that's as far as the extent that I agree with you. The only like I hear your story. However, in the long run for Bianca, she had her title reign lost in like two seconds to Becky. Then so what these three come in and you want the same new anybody comes in and like Bianca's great until someone else shows up. No, absolutely not. Okay, go ahead. So what you got to say? You're itching. Go. No, no, because they try not to cut each other off. So I'm like raising my hand. But no, like, I, I disagree with you, though, because who else is going to take the belt off of Bianca then, Chriselle? Like, that's my question. And I'm not always in the vein of, oh, you got to have somebody to beat them. I get it. Re title reigns are title reigns and they need to have dominance. But you can't sit here and say, oh, they just come in and take the belt. Somebody has to. No, I'm not saying that they can't be the ones to take it off of her. But the way that. Um, or maybe you're we're saying the same things and you're just communicating them differently but i don't think it should be they come in beat her up and take the belt i think it should be built to that i think you can you can do a slower burn to this you can you can do the slower burn and i'm not arguing that you don't have to burn this out immediately i don't i don't think that's what you have to do in my ideal world um the rumble the rumble you take you take it off her at the rumble it's what five-ish, six-ish months away. Day one. They're doing day one again. They're doing day one again. You take it off of her at day one. I think that is a legitimate place you could do it. I think that's okay. However, what I'm saying is if they do the UK pay-per-view, Clash at the Castle, that's their next pay-per-view, right? If you told me that Bianca is losing the belt at that pay-per-view, I'd be like, okay, because you can do the story there. You can do, you can do the story. 
I, I think there's the opportunity there to build it in a month and some change. Not everything in terms of quote unquote long term booking has to be a six month story. I know it's very Vince McMahon esque to go for the moment, but you can do this in a month and a half and it'd be like, yo, Bianca can't hang with these dudes. Like, he can't hang with them right now. And that's okay. Like, you're not going to be able to hang with everybody all the time. I think there's the story there to do that, is what I'm saying. I'd rather it not be at the next pay per view. I don't have a problem with it. I do. Because, no, so I'm asking you. I'm asking you. Do you not? Okay, so I'm not asking you to book everything, right? So how do you want the story to go? Like, in your mind, like, how do you kind of want the story to go? You want them, you want Bianca to just fight them for six months? No. Like, that's, I don't, I'm asking you, like, what do you want? So first we have to find a, if it's going to continue to be Becky, we need to find a third person, right? So there's kind of like that situation. Becky's out. Let's just say Becky's out. We say Becky's out. And if it's not Naomi and Sasha, we have like a, okay, who can Mm -hmm. I trust situation, which that can burn a week or two, right? A little bit of that. And then you have a situ- more of a situation where, like, you keep Bianca and Bailey apart. You can have what, like, you can have whoever's on Bianca's side go against the other two. You can have some variation of that, but you keep Becky and B- Bailey away away from each other for as long as possible there's and because there's more people there's more variation and you can all and any anything to like stretch it or like they're new right a lot of like people that don't watch nxt people that like they've been away for a little bit you spend like before immediately coming to them Mm -hmm. you have like these other Mm -hmm. women like hey you guys can't like you guys come in you think you're like you're hot ish no we've been here you have to run through us before or whatever or like they have the qualification match there's other ways like first you you kind of set on like because bailey a lot of people already know bailey the other two they're great in ring however they don't have like that uh they they don't have the name name. they don't have like the main roster appeal just yet so to solidify this moment even more, you build these two women up first. You have a little bit of bickering, you have them, whatever, but you have to establish whoever the other two people are for, like with Bianca. I'm not saying like establish them as wrestlers, they could already be established. However, then you have them kind of hold their own. Like you have to see how this works together before anything else. I agree. I, I agree, but and you're not, I hear you. And you're, I think we're not, we're not going to And you're agree. not going to do that before the you. next pay-per-view. I, I hear you. Um, I just see a world where I don't want to see Bianca fighting those three for six months. And then I also see a world where, like, I don't want to see Bianca constantly pinning EO and Dakota. Like, I don't want to see that. Like, if you're talking about establishing new stars, they need the establishment more than Bianca Belair. Like, if we're really talking about that. So it does them no service to, you know, quote unquote, be the lackeys. And I don't know how this group dynamic is going to be. I'm, I'm just speaking on what I saw, of course, on uh, Saturday. But it doesn't do them any service to just every to be treated kind of like the Usos. You go out there and you fight every now and then. You may win one out of five, but you get your butt kicked most of the time. That doesn't do them any service. They're not a, they're not legitimate. And disclaimer: This is being recorded on Monday before Raw. It is coming out on a Tuesday. So whether something happens t- tonight, that's the only reason why we're not referencing it. So that's why we are only talking about SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but we're we're gonna move on because we spent like twenty minutes on this one match that segment. But guys, this that also know me and chris are able to sit here and talk about like what we see coming for a segment that was like five minutes at the most that's so exciting it's so refreshing i feel oh man i love that i love that i love that i'm glad we can disagree on the pod again man like it's refreshing yeah we haven't been able to really have a discussion like that in a while but moving on to the second match now guys it was the Miz versus logan paul um i'm not gonna go too far into the match i think you kind of get what it was i'm gonna start off by saying logan paul that boy good (laughs) that boy good you can piece of crap but that boy good putting him in the boat of the people that like trash human good wrestler he came out and like the history right follows him he's come out what two three other times and they've tried to have him as a face booed out the stadium nobody likes him everyone bad dude all right they get the whiff He's a bad guy now with Miz. We built to this match. They're going against each other. People are booing him coming out. He did really good in that match. Hit that frog splash. Like, I, I wouldn't... Let me, I wouldn't give him a 10 out of 10, obviously, but he has clearly shown that he has been putting in the work. He cares about it and he, he looks good. So, and it, by the end of the match, people were cheering for him. That is the power of talent. 
Yeah, I mean, honestly, and like, I, I personally think the match was just okay. You're gonna hear me say that a lot. I think the match was okay. Let, lo, it was Logan Paul versus The Miz. I wasn't expecting a five star classic Seth Rollins versus Cody Rhodes esque match, you know? I, I think it was good for what it was. I, I enjoyed it. I wasn't, I think it went a little long, personally. I think they went a little bit too long for me. Maybe cut off five minutes of it. I didn't need all of that. Uh, but the match ends with Logan Paul hitting a frog splash through the announce table onto the Miz. And I can genuinely say that's not something that I saw coming when the match began. That was my real moment of like, oh, that boy good. Like, cause he hit a good frog splash. And it, I always say that wrestling isn't always about wrestling you know it's about how and i've heard wrestlers say this but it's something i've always believed it's how you work the crowd how you make the crowd feel during your match and if logan paul can come out there getting booed out the building and then by the end of the match mind you not everybody was cheering for him but he had a decent amount let's just say it was 50 50 they were cheering for him at this point you did something right and i have to applaud that i can't sit here and act like oh this guy sucks no that boy is good i would take him versus bad bunny in a eight minute match at wrestlemania for the fun of it just give me eight minutes i'd be like this is stupid and then have them wrestle why not yeah let that be let that be the celebrity spot celebrity versus celebrity type of moment because they, really yeah, they always do celebrities they, they both did really good i agree yeah and that's what i'm saying so and logan paul i gotta give him his respect i, I always say that i want to see that you respect wrestling in the business and he clearly does because he clearly puts in the work um he advertises it like he does care which i can appreciate he's not just there for the check he's clearly getting a check but he's not just there for the yeah check. i'm i'm curious to hear more about how other wrestlers feel about him right like behind the stage and yes. stuff because like i know randy orton is very vocal about people that don't like appreciate the company i know they're always very vocal about people that have put on the, the work and like i know like there's a lot of praises when bad bunny was there for royal rumble for wrestlemania um so i really do i'm curious as to what like other wrestlers think of him no nah, most definitely and then just a side note during this match we had uh, a run-in of aj styles hitting the crap out of champa so it looks like we may be getting a little something something involving that by the time you guys hear this episode monday night raw will have aired so we'll have the results of those two six men i mean excuse me triple threat matches to crown the new number one contender for bobby lashley's title uh, I just want to focus on Ciampa here really quick. It was great to see AJ Styles. I'm glad he was on the show in some capacity. He's too good to not be on stuff. I stand by that. He's still one of the best in the world. I don't care what anybody says. Um, I do want to focus on Ciampa just really quickly because we're talking about where we see people going and their next steps, and we talked about the women for a minute. Ciampa's a guy that I think everybody is in unison in saying that with Triple H now in the head of creative, he's going to get a bump. Now, is he going to be the world champion in three months? More than likely, no. But can I see him competing for titles now and being in feuds that mean something oh 110 percent. i think he's due to get a big push him and butch those are those are triple h guys and it's interesting i think the butch thing is gonna be interesting because i don't know what they do with that um how do you move that off I, i'm sure they can come up with something it's not rocket science i mean if he's already a I'm spazzy sure dude like his character right now is butch like he's a spazzy dude so i think it's really easy to be like sp- like kind of spaz off of like if you, you can like have him either stay with the group spaz off and be like no actually like this is who i am i'm done like kind of listening to you guys but and i'll still be with you kind of thing or completely just break apart and like screw you guys you guys hold me back Right. There, there's there's ways to go about it. So I'm excited for Champa too. Uh, the night then progressed to the third match. Um, so it's kind of funny. I the middle of the show, from like match two through like five, kind of really fell off for me in terms of my enjoyment, quote unquote. And it started with the Miz and Logan Paul stuff, but then we went to Bobby Lashley versus Theory, and there was nothing wrong with it. I just I love Bobby Lashley. I think he's a good baby face because people want to cheer him clearly the way they were tonight or excuse me on Saturday. Um, my biggest thing, and I'm going to stand by this because we haven't really talked about it at all, Chriselle, so we can talk about it here. I cannot be asked to care about theory. There's nothing about him that makes me care. I- I'm not saying this in the way of like, oh, he sucks. I think he has talent and ring. I think he does his best to make you not like him. I just can't not like him. Like, I don't like him either. I- I'm very indifferent to him. Everything he does, I'm just like, 
ah, I don't really care. <laughs> like, I just can't be asked to care. He's, like, annoying like a mosquito. Like, not like he's, like, the heel and he's like, oh, you suck. Or, like, he's a face and it's like, oh, you're adored. It's just, like, you're annoying. Like, you're truly just annoying. And it's not, like, annoying in, like, your skill set. Like, he's a talented wrestler, don't get me wrong. But nothing he's done in a ring makes me excited for him at all. And I know, like, I don't care about, like, Sammy Guevara. However, when he's in the ring, he's entertaining to watch. I don't like him in any other aspects besides in the ring. Whereas Theory kind of just falls flat in all dimensions for me personally. And I think he was the wrong choice for Money in the Bank. I think they're... I don't I, I think they're kind of in a corner at least the way they were kind of portraying it so far with him with the the briefcase he like starts off beating Bobby Lashley there's he comes in later on we'll talk about that in the main event but I just don't think he's the guy for it unless you're gonna give him the like it sucks that it has to be like a kind of a missed opportunity with money in the bank when it's like a ca- failed cash in but I think that's the direction we're going unless you do something else differently or like do you repack like what do you do in this situation situation because i don't like the direction it's going in he's a joke yeah i think that no i think that vince mcmahon put them in a bunch of corners before you know his exit uh whether he saw it coming or not whatever that's beside the point um i think this is one of the corners that vince mcmahon put them in because with theory holding the money in the bank briefcase and with money in the bank being such a powerful tool in wwe i i still say uh i always say this around rumble time i think it's a bigger star maker than the rumble because at least with money in the bank you have the aspect of one year you can build a star in a year the rumbles you got two three months figure it out um so i think that he put them in this corner though because you put it on a guy that the crowd doesn't even really want to boo him you know what i'm saying like and this is not to say he's not talented or he's not giving his best efforts but i look at him and i'm like ah i don't i just don't care and this is something that I've seen online. People are saying that Theory is a guy that's probably going to feel the effects of Vince McMahon going away in a negative way. You know, Ciampa's going to get the push and women's wrestling may get this, that, and the other, whatever it may be, right? But they're saying Theory's probably going to get the other direction because that was a Vince McMahon choice. Um, but to that effect, I say that, hey, he was in NXT when Triple H was there and Triple H had him in the way and with Johnny Gargano, you know, and Candice LeRae and those are high profile names. And, you know, he was doing stuff with them. So it's not like Triple H is unfamiliar with Theory's work or he hates Theory. So I'm like, what do you do going forward? Do you keep giving him the push? Do you pull him back a little bit and try to reassess it? Do you have him fail his cash in? Like, what do you do? I don't think Triple H is a guy that does like the Vince McMahon thing of like, put someone in your face. Ah, just kidding. We're going to wash him out. Like, basically like what they did with Drew. Love him, love him, love him. Mm, We actually don't want to do any of this stuff anymore. Kind of just like push to the background for a while. I think they can do that with theory, kind of have him as a, you know, mid car, do something different. Not that he's completely out the picture. I don't think we'll be in a situation like, dang, we haven't seen theory in like three months. That's not going to be the case. But I do think like he is one of those people that can easily be baited back. I I think that the way you go about it with theory, and we're fantasy booking here, guys. So, of course, like, don't take anything to heart. But I think the way you go about it with theory is, unfortunately, I think the only way is for him to either lose that briefcase to somebody in a match or he fails his cash in. I think you could do something where, say, a Seth Rollins goads him into putting it on the line like, you're not good enough, kid. You'll never have a moment like I did, this, that, and the other. And I think Theory's dumb enough and arrogant enough in his character to be like, fine, I'll put the briefcase on the line, and then you end up getting it on Rollins that way. You know what I'm saying? Something like that. Because they've done stuff like that before. I think you can do something like that, but at the end of the day, you get the briefcase off of him, and then you pull him away from all title scenes, U.S. title, tag teams, world, and everything, and I think he could be a character that you do a little bit of a descent on, like, I'm falling, I've fallen off, I used to have it all, I was Mr. McMahon's guy, and he's not even here, you know, something like that, to where he has a redemptive story, but you do it as a heel, you know, you still do it as a heel, and then, let's just say in a year's time, SummerSlam next year, you could build him up to a U.S. title win, you know, something to make us care about him, I think he needs a good story i really do a good story could get people like oh i cannot stand this piece of crap like something you like that move him over into like the elias 
or Ezekiel, yeah, Ko, Sami Zayn, like area, like those kind of pictures. Drew, Sheamus, like keep them over there with those kind of guys. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think that's where he needs to go. So that's the person I'm actually interested to see what they do. Um, then the show moved on, and this to me was the worst match of the night. It was the Mysterios versus the Judgment Day. Uh, Chriselle, give me your thoughts on this match before we, of course, get into Edge came back, obviously, and everything. But give me your thoughts on this match. I, I personally didn't really like it. I didn't all. think it was a bad match. I, I don't like Dominic. Um, I've been very vocal about that. I think Dominic Mysterio sucks. Uh, Ray Mysterio is my guy. He's fantastic. He is, to be 44, 43, something like that, he is absurdly great. Uh, Finn Balor's great. Damian Priest is great. Dominic, I could do without it. And this is a match that we recently saw on Raw, I think, last week. So it was so fresh in my mind that I was just like, what are we doing? Yeah, I hear you on that. I do think Rey Mysterio is caring for the Mysterios and Dominic. He he, he just kind of... he. He, it, it sucks that it is like oh your dad is like this top guy and you kind of just come in and then like, and it's not even like i know he puts in the i don't know what it is or what he's not good. i just think like i think he lacks a fire under his butt that really would push him into another gear to either train properly put more effort in something like he seems too lax about his position there good who's genuinely i want your genuine answer be honest who's better Logan Paul or Dominic? This is the question that you've been dying to ask because we we talked about this. You know my answer. Logan's better. Logan's better. Logan's better. Logan's better. Logan's better. better. Dominic's is is an awkward wrestler. He's an awkward wrestler. And and the thing is, and it's not even like just his body movement of being awkward. Like like you get secondhand awkwardness. Like I don't know if he's just too in his own head or what. But you can feel that it's awkward. It never feels smooth. Where at least like if Logan maybe a few months of practice, whatever, he at least has that confidence. And you can tell there's more confidence with Logan than with Dominic. Which, I mean, Dominic has big shoes to fill. I'm sure that kind of plays a factor. There's a shadow over him. But regardless, you do have to get over that when you're in the limelight. Yeah, and like he moves clunky, and there's just so many flaws. I don't want to turn this into the crap on Dominic Mysterio show. I really don't. Like, that's not what I'm here to do. Uh, He just doesn't do it for me in the ring. I'm hoping I'm wrong in a year's time. I hope he can shut me up. I really do, because I want to see great wrestling. I really do. But I did like when he got punked by Rhea on the sidelines. I liked liked that. Oh, man, Rhea. Boy, you saw them, like, fan videos or whatever of her, like, on the side of the ring. And they were like, muscle mommy or whatever. And I was like, yo, she's jacked, yo. <laughs> she's jacked. She looked fantastic. She looks fantastic. Um, but, you know, the the talking point of this match, I feel like it wasn't necessarily the match. Once again, it was more so kind of what happened mm, towards the end of the match. Edge comes in. And, um, you know, in the moment, I was a little hype. I was a little hype in the moment. I had a couple days to think about it, and I'm kind of like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing with Edge? Uh, I hope, I hope that what he does is interesting, because for me, Judgment Day killed a lot of his momentum for me personally. Uh, Ever since he started that stuff with AJ Styles, I think he's been on a downward excitement level for me personally. So whatever he's doing here, whether it's a darker Edge or he's a heel, he's a face, I don't know. Don't really care. Uh, I just want it to be good. So that's my hopes with the Edge thing. I'm a little more precautious on that because he is a guy that he was getting a, a decent amount of creative control with what he was doing and what he was saying, and it wasn't good. So that's why I'm kind of like, ah, this isn't a Mystic Man problem. <laughs> like, I hope this is good. This man needs a little bit of a filter. I don't know. I keep hoping for s- not. Okay, this is what I was about to say. I keep hoping for something to happen to Dominic Mysterio or Ray Mysterio. I don't mean like anything. I no. No, 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 I just mean so like written, like not like written off or like join something like just they don't have to officially break. Just kind of fade him, feed Dominic out a little bit so that Ray could be either by himself or he could team up with Edge. I think that'd be kind of interesting because of like the whole like background with them too. That's a good way. Ray isn't going to be around forever. And the stuff with Dominic isn't going to leave him with good stuff to end on. I think he needs to be alone. He needs to pair it with somebody else because Dominic is holding him back. And I want his last little bit to be something fun. I agree. Um, I I saw something the other day. Uh, I think Triple H had said in an interview, he was like, I didn't want to retire. I wanted to ride this thing until the wheels fell off. You know, just keep wrestling until like I can't do it anymore. And he did get to that point, you know, because of other circumstances, of course. Uh, 
And someone said that's probably how Rey Mysterio kind of feels. Because not everybody needs that last match. Some guys are like, I'm going to keep going until my bones break. Which I respect because I feel like with the way Rey Mysterio goes in ring, he goes hard, man. He's awesome. He's so great. He, I genuinely enjoy watching Rey Mysterio matches in 2022, which is amazing to Which say. is better than when old guys leap and for decades and come back and try to wrestle again. I wonder who did that. Yeah. Yo, I saw a video. He was, like, convulsing in the ring. We're talking about Ric Flair. Like, with, like, you guys haven't picked that up. Yeah, I saw a video. He was, like, shaking in the ring because he couldn't get up. And then, oh, we'll talk about that off the Elder air. Abuse. Uh, <laughs> what people were calling it. Elder abuse. Yeah, that thing was crazy. Uh, So we moved on in the show to Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. This was good. It was a Pat McAfee match. It was about the spots. If you've seen any Pat McAfee match, whether it's NXT, WrestleMania, whatever, it's about the spots. Having fun. Um, he hit like that. Sw- yeah, he hit that Swanton uh, outside the ring. I don't really like that he had to win with a nut shot, but you know what? For what it is, it's a Pat McAfee match. I'm not going to be too critical. Uh, it wasn't the cleanest. It didn't look the best, but the moments were fun and. Pat has fun. The entrance he did with the bomb, uh, Corbin, choir and everything. Like, I thought that was a lot of fun. I thought everything Pat did was awesome. Corbin, I don't love Corbin. But I cannot deny that he is the epitome of a utility guy. Like, him and Dolph Ziggler are utility pieces, in my opinion. Like, you can throw them into almost anything, and they'll they'll do their job. It may not be great. It may not be great, but they'll do their job. And Corbin consistently does his job. Um, So I have nothing negative to really say. It was okay. Like, this was genuinely okay. Yeah, they do them. They do their job. It's sports entertainment, right? Like it is entertaining. It's not. Right. This isn't something like, oh my goodness, it was a five star clock. No, it's not. It's not. That wasn't the expectation for these two. So they did what they were meant to. Like they they did their job. Yeah, it was it was okay. Um, so next up, we had the Usos versus the Street Profits for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Titles. This was a disappointment for me, Chriselle. I'll be honest. I was disappointed with this match. I'm I'm going to say it. I was disappointed. With the ending or the overall match? Because I will say... The overall... The, ahead, I will ahead, say this was the time. This was the time to do it. I get it. The bloodline is a trio. If you take it off of one, you probably are on the... You're like showing that you're on the way for doing it for the other part of the bloodline. But it's needed. The time is here. It, it should have been there. I, as far as like the match itself, I think there was still enough leeway. Things going on that made me still believe that the Street Profits had a chance. I think match-wise, this is at least... This is like in the top three of match quality of the pay-per-view. I... I... It is it's underwhelming, right? Because like it's it is like you can be so excited for something, but when it doesn't end the way that you want to be, it's like you know screw this match. But I think the match itself was inter- like entertaining, and I think they all did. They're they're talented guys. I know we see this match all the time, not to the extent that we've seen the Usos and the New Day, but still, this has kind of been the new situation that we've seen a lot more. But I don't know. Go ahead, say what you had to say. No, so and I hear everything you're saying. I I, I disagree with you though. Uh, maybe I was a victim of expectation. But their Money in the Bank match was so good. Like, we're going to probably do a top 10 matches thing at the end of the year. That match is probably going to make my list. It was that good. It was probably the best tag team match I may have seen this year. I'd have to think about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Don't attack me, AEW fans. Like, don't don't get on me. Um, But it was so good that this match, it kind of felt like the Becky and Bianca match. For me personally, it never hit a second gear. Like, it never hit that other gear where it was like, oh, yeah, now we're doing stuff. Now we're moving. And then also, the aspect of Jeff Jarrett being the guest referee. He didn't do anything that kind of spoke to me. And I'm not asking for my referee to do a ref bump. And I know not every guest referee needs to have a spot where they screw somebody over. But there was no reason to have Jeff Jarrett there. So that was it. And I like things to have purpose and reason. So that was kind of, for me, like, what is the reason Jeff Jarrett's here? Um... And then, of course, you spoke about the ending. I do agree with you that this was the time. And you want to say something, so I'm going to let you go ahead. Uh, go ahead. You had mentioned when we were watching the pay-per-view, like, this whole feud between the Usos and the Street Profits, have, we've kind of got here because the refs haven't done their job or, like, they're not doing good calls. And you had said, like, what's the point of having a guest ref, like a celebrity ref? Who doesn't ref? <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you didn't mention that because you got so passionate about it on Saturday night. No, because I'm sitting here and I'm trying to be calm because we're like 40 minutes into this. We spent like 20 minutes on one thing. So I'm trying to move. But, but it's like 
It makes no sense. The entire Street Profits and Usos feud has been built around bad refereeing. So your solution is to get a man who doesn't referee? That doesn't make sense. Oh, we can't build this rocket ship. Let's go get the McDonald's fry cook. That doesn't make sense. You don't do that. <laughs> like, like I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand the logic in that. And so then he's there. And you don't even have him screw up. Like, I, it would have made sense for him to screw up. He doesn't ref. <laughs> like, the problem has been bad refereeing. So let's have the guy who can't referee screw up. That would have made sense. But... Jeff Jarrett called a clean match and 99.9% of it, unless I'm forgetting something, he called a clean match down the middle. It was fine. And like you said, Chriselle, this was the time in my honest opinion, because I agree with you. The bloodline is the bloodline and you're going to hold the titles. The Usos have been so disappointing as the tag team champions. And I will use that word proudly. Disappointing as the tag team champions that you have to give it new life. And I think this was the chance. The Street Profits are so over. They're so interesting. They're so much fun. They're so exciting that why can't you have them take the belts off of the Usos? Because then you can start a little bit of dissension with the bloodline. You can do a different thing with the bloodline. But now we're where we're at. And I beg the question, who is it going to be? More than likely, I'm betting on it being the New Day. Uh, I think in WWE's perfect world, Big E comes in there and he helps them win the belts. But I'm not going to book that because the man has a broken neck. So I'm not even going to play around with that personally. But who who does beat the Usos? Where do you go with the Usos? Give me something interesting. And we're getting a new creative direction, so who knows where things are going to go. I'm going to be fair and give it time. Like, I'm going to, as people say, let it play out. But this was the time. The Street Profits are so amazing, and we know that they're leading to a Street Profits breakup. We know that's coming. And I am all for Montez Ford singles run. I think Dawkins is a future U.S. champion. I really do. He's really, really good. He's really good in his own right. But I think for now, the way to go was to belt them boys up. Whether it be for just a few months. You don't got to keep it on them forever. Just give them a two-month reign and then put it back on the Usos. Like you can do a storyline with the Bloodline and then put it back on the Usos. I think that would have been fun and exciting. Something different. No, I, I completely agree. I guess I didn't think about it as hard as you did because in my head it's like, oh, I guess Triple H couldn't give us everything we wanted in one pay-per-view right you gotta save some you gotta save something yeah no no i hear you and like i said you don't gotta belt them for eight months it can be literally hold it through clash at the castle and then what's the next one survivor series they challenge for the belts of survivor series they win them back like that's cool i really think that would have been fun but they didn't do it it is what it is i was disappointed by everything involved in that uh we're gonna move on to the second to last match Liv morgan versus ronda rousey this was another match Chriselle, for me that I didn't have high expectations, but I really didn't like it. They made Liv Morgan, in my honest opinion, look like a bum. Uh, she did not look like a champion. There's no offense to Liv, and there's really no offense to Ronda either. I'm going to be fair here. There's no offense to Ronda either. It's how they booked the match. Um, Liv did not look legitimate as a champion. And for somebody who has not been in this position as champion for years or ever, actually, um, and someone that the fans have been clamoring for to be champion, you want to see her first real title defense have some legitimacy to it. And I'm not going out there saying she has to go blow for blow in every move with Ronda Rousey, one of the greatest women's MMA champions of all time. I'm not saying that. But give her some good offense that can make me be like, that's a champion right there. If your plan was already to have Ronda written off because she bites the referees at the end, fine, put away for a little bit, she's not coming back to maybe charlotte comes back maybe she's not coming back to whatever whatever the case might be if that was already the plan why have it go that way where you make your champion look dumb for no reason you could have had similar things without making Liv look so bad you could have protected ronda in the sense of like hey maybe she slipped maybe she slipped into a position like dang now Liv has her in this lock or maybe maybe something else happens not you don't need to have Liv tapped and i have a problem with this because also the was it the friday before it was just, it was just recently where like live just again not looking like a strong champion and i get it like she's kind of like the ones that's like snuck in to the champion like low key right but right she's here now so like let's do something about it at least for a little bit like this one doesn't have to be long right. but like let it count for something right and 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 it's funny though because i didn't necessarily have a problem with the finish to the match because it made some semblance of sense with what they did after. It gave us a legitimate reason for a Ronda Rousey heel turn, which is something that I guarantee you under Vince McMahon we don't get. 
people just change characters for no reason. Ronda Rousey feels cheated. She's pissed off because she should be the champion. So let me show you how I really do it, and I'm going to really snap your arms. Like, I think it makes sense. The Liv tapping out at two while Ronda gets counted for the three, but the ref doesn't see the tap out. Like, I think that's okay. My biggest problem was, like I said, the rest of the match. I don't know how much offense Liv had. The match only went like eight, seven, eight minutes at that, if that. I just think there were better ways to do the match than Liv looking so weak because now people were excited for her title reign. And I know people still are, but for me personally, looking at it, I'm not the hugest Liv Morgan fan, but I like her. I'm looking at it and I'm like, you ain't legit. When's the next challenger coming? You're losing the belt. Like whether it's Ronda, whether it's Charlotte, it'll probably be one of those two. Like you're losing the belt. And that's just how it is. And that's no disrespect to Liv, but that's how they built her. Um, I didn't love it. Did you, I want to ask you really quickly, did you expect the Charlotte Flair run-in or appearance here at all? I personally thought she was going to come in somewhere here. I really I did. I did too, but maybe they're waiting for that for Friday or they're trying to build to like the fact that Ronda's going to be gone and like have Charlotte come back on you Friday can, yeah. and be like, just kidding, I did my dues and now I'm back so you don't rush it as much. Like space out the moments. But I did expect it to, for her to come in back there because, again, Charlotte's not gone because of any issues or anything. She was gone because she was getting married. She was getting yeah. married. And the marriage is yeah. – not that marriage is over. The wedding has come and gone, and Andrari is back. Um, Honeymoon's over. Yeah, so it's it's time. It's it's where Where's she at? So, yeah, unless, and I, unless she's I think pregnant. The, Just kidding. <laughs> no, I think something would have came out by now. She's Because Andrade's been back for so long. That, and I know it's two different companies, but I think at this point they would have been like, surprise, Charlotte's pregnant. Something like that. Uh, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I expected to see Charlotte. I didn't really care. I, I'm fine with whatever they do there. We'll just have to wait and see on that one. But finally, guys, first of all, I want to say, well, second, we're going to do two things before we hit the main event. But really quickly before we get there, I just want to remind you guys to like and follow the podcast. And thank you guys for listening so far. If you've made it this far, shout out to you. Really quickly, though, before we get to the main event, Chriselle, there were two different segments that were kind of of note. So we had Rollins running at Matt Riddle in the ring and curb stomping him. This is a match that was pulled from the SummerSlam card. Um, why it was specifically pulled, I don't know. I've seen reports from Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful and other news outlets, wrestling news outlets rather, that have said like a lot of people were bummed about this match being pulled from the card. Uh, you know, I was excited to see this match. I'm fine it got pulled because I think it's still going to be great. You know, we just got to wait a little bit longer for it. I think you can maybe build a little bit more on the story of it. Uh, Because to me right now, it just seems like Seth Rollins wants to stomp his head in. And that's okay because Seth Rollins is a maniac. He's a maniac, but eh. Now under different like creative control under it being a TV 14 or whatever, maybe it can get a little bit more of a raunchy like, I just want to bite your head off. I want this to be over. And the next, it's probably going to be on the next pay-per-view, which is right around the corner it doesn't like I, I think you can build it even more i think people are already excited for it there's things that you can do with it to build right. the intensity the more intensity behind it these are two individuals that can easily bring it like build that like tension in i felt it with when riddle came out he's like yeah i might be injured but like let me throw these hands i was like oh, okay i like this let's keep going with this angle and let's just make it even more so i'm, I'm fine with it as long as you keep them apart, right? Like, don't do no coexist stuff. Don't do, like, don't do any of that dumb right, Vince McMahon right. stuff. In between then, it can be good. Yeah, and Seth Rollins is probably my favorite performer these days, working today. Um, so I, I love everything he's doing. So I, I really can't wait to see what that story goes. And then we get a big Drew McIntyre moment in his hometown of Nashville. Uh, somebody was like, why the heck wouldn't you do the Drew versus Sheamus number one contenders match on the pay-per-view? They're both from Nashville, or they both live in Nashville, I'm sorry. Why would you not do it there? I agree. I think that was a missed opportunity, quote-unquote. However, that match on Friday was awesome. Um, but Drew's out there. He's the new number one contender for the WWE world title. I'm just going to call it the world title because I don't want to say all the names. But he's the new number one contender, and he's like, I'm going to kick the head in of either Brock or Roman, whoever the heck it is. How are you feeling? Drew's the number one contender. What are we thinking? I, Clash of the Castle. and the I love Drew, and I just enjoyed that segment more for the fact that he was making fun of the fact that we've seen Roman and Brock for so yeah, many funny. times. And I love... I don't know whether it was him, whether it was fed to him. I really don't care. It was just a good little like middle finger to Vince and he was allowed to do it. And so I like it. And I'm excited to see what they do from here forward to get Drew ready for that match. Yeah, I think that he's not winning. 
He's not winning. I think in a maybe if you asked me six or seven months ago, I would have said Drew could be the guy to dethrone Roman. Uh, but it's just not there anymore. And respect to Drew. I, I think Drew's great, but it's just not there because of how they've handled him. Uh, and that's okay. I think he'll him and Roman will have a good match. I think you can do a good story because I think him and Roman are good storytellers when they're allowed to tell stories. So I think the story is there. Uh, but it was funny, like you said, Chriselle. He said, first time ever in Nashville in front of Colt." <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was funny. Uh, but now we are finally, finally, finally. Thank you guys for sticking with us. We're finally at the main event of SummerSlam. It was Roman Reigns defending the undisputed WWE Championship versus Brock Lesnar, the Beast, in a last man standing match. Uh, it, I'm not going to recap the match because it was a lot. The synopsis, the quickie of it. Chris, I know you got something you want to say, but the quickie of the match. Uh, Brock rode in on a tractor. Uh, they threw each other to a few tables. Brock lifted the ring with the tractor. Theory hit somebody with the briefcase. Theory got flipped onto the briefcase. The Usos and Paul Heyman all got beat up. Um, and then Roman won at the end. That's the literal quick notes of it. Go watch it. Um, Chriselle, what you got to the say? The best things that came from this match are, one, the tractor. Cool tractor. Ring gets lifted up. Enjoy that. That was cool. The video of Brock's throwing the microphone at Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns catching it with one hand that in a was... week. Like, that's... I didn't even need to see the rest of the match. That was smooth. Roman's a smooth dude. That wink on that gave all the thirst trappers enough content to work with for the rest of the year. We're good. Roman's going to the next pay per view. That's entertaining, and I do appreciate that they had because theory kept talking. Oh, I'm a cash in. Oh, I'm going to be there. Oh, my briefcase. Oh, whatever. I'm glad that it wasn't just like oh he was talking all this and then he just didn't show up. I'm glad that it wasn't he tried but he did, like that awkward situation. But I appreciate that it was acknowledged and like hey, it just couldn't happen that way. And we kind of postponed it a little bit more. That was good. It was entertaining. Nothing that we haven't seen before. I mean, some things are different, but. Like, I don't care. Like, I didn't care going in. I didn't care coming out. I don't feel like it was a waste of time. Again, it did kind of for me personally, because we already knew the Roman was going to win. Again, we know what the, these kind of matches look like. It was entertaining. Cool. That's all it was. But like, not like anything groundbreaking to me. Yeah, I see I see this match getting a lot of praise. I see people calling it one of the best ever, one of the best last man standing matches of all time. Um I have this thing with last man standing matches. I'm just not the biggest fan of them because I find them incredibly boring nine out of ten times because there's a lot of just like one, two, eight, nine, you know, like that that just kind of is boring to me. I don't love that. Um, it was the millionth time we're seeing Brock and Roman, so I wasn't into it. I thought the match was okay. I don't think it was as great as everybody is saying it was. I think it was okay. Did it have a lot of carnage? Yes. Was it extremely entertaining? Like, the entertainment was there. Anytime you have Brock Lesnar lifting a WWE ring with a tractor, I have never seen that before. Like, I've never seen that. You can't do that again. Like, you have to wait. You have to wait a long time before you're like, let's try this again. I love that. Um, But, I mean, we got the stereotypical Brock and Roman stuff. Hitting a few finishers on each other. Usos run in. They do their stuff. Paul Heyman took it at five, so that was awesome. Uh, but at the end, Roman wins, and I've been very adamant, maybe not on the pod because we haven't really talked too much about it, and we do need to talk about it at some point, but I've been very adamant to you, Chriselle, that I'm over this Roman Reigns title reign. I think Roman's awesome. I love his character. I think the Tribal Chief is great, but this title reign is it. I'm done with it. I It's not interesting to me anymore. The stories aren't there. Now, hopefully with somebody else in command, the stories start to become there, you know, fresh challengers and actually building those challengers. Um, hopefully we get back to that. But where it is right now, I'm just kind of over it. I didn't want Brock to take the belt off him, don't get me wrong. But I just hope that in the future we get something new and different. But overall, I think that this match was just okay. If you had to give this match out of five stars, Chriselle, what would you give it? This match. Three? I give it a two and a half. I, I think it was, I, I'll give it three. I give it three. Two and a half is very harsh. I give it three. It was okay. I think people are a little overhyping it. But that's just my opinion. Uh, So that is the entirety of SummerSlam, guys. This episode is releasing on Tuesday, so... We're recording it tonight, Monday, right before Monday Night Raw. So we don't know all the stuff that's going down on Raw. We don't know number one contenders. We don't know all the matches. We don't know all the outcomes. We don't know EO, Bailey, and Dakota. Like, we don't know. But we are so excited to see what is going to come of this. I am super excited for Triple H as the head of creative. I think that while NXT was not perfect, for a time, for a time, 
maybe a few year stretch, it was the best wrestling on TV, uh, pre AEW and pre like them trying to go against counter programming and all this other stuff. I think it was some of the best stuff on TV. So I'm really excited for what Triple H is gonna do. I'm excited for new faces. I'm excited for stories. I'm just excited for things that we may not have gotten under the old regime. Uh, I don't think it's gonna be perfect. I don't think it's all gonna come immediately. But where we're going is exciting. Now I know we talked. We started off with what my favorite match was, and I think it's very evident that I'm more excited about what's going on with the women's division and what can happen. So based on everything on SummerSlam, what was your favorite thing and what are you looking forward to the most? Uh, you asking me, right? Well, yes. The people listening can't answer right now. Oh, maybe they want to hit the DMs. Let us know. Hit us in the DMs. Uh, so you said my favorite match. I'm sorry. Favorite match and what are you looking forward to? Uh, so my favorite match. My favorite match was the first one. I think that was the high point. Becky and Bianca, I think they stole the show, even though nothing really hit a second gear for me on this night. Excuse me. I think it stole the show. What I'm most looking forward to, uh, in totality, I think the pushes of people who may have been forgotten about. Uh, I know that's a broad answer there, but I- I'm excited to see Champa. I- I'm I'm so ex- I'm excited to see Champa. I'm excited to see Dakota, who was forgotten about. I'm excited to see Io, who was forgotten about. I'm excited to see Bailey because I don't know what it would have looked like with her coming back under Miss McMahon. If I'm being honest, like what do they do with Bailey? I'm so serious. Um, I'm excited to see the pushes of people who may have been forgotten, who may have been thrown to the wayside. Uh, even people who weren't on the show. Uh, does Mustafa Ali get a push now? You know. Uh, guys like that, like, where do you go with certain people? I'm just so excited to get fresh things, and I'm so excited. I'm so excited because I really do see it coming. We're going to get some creative stories. Like, we're getting stories, and I cannot wait for that. It's going to make watching three hours of Raw hopefully worth it for at least two hours of it, you know? (laughs) At least two hours worth of Raw might be decent. So that is what I'm most excited for. I know it's a broad answer, but I'm excited for the pushes of those people who have been thrown by the wayside. It doesn't need to be the Roman show all the time. Give me that once a month, but it doesn't need to be that all the time, you know? So I'm excited. It's going to be good, but... Chriselle asked a very good question, guys. Let us know what you're most excited for under this new regime. Are you upset that Triple H is taking over? I want to know your opinions. We are open to the DMs. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. Leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, I don't know, whatever platform you're using. Leave us a review, review, review so we can get out there to more people. I want to say thank you guys for sticking with us through this entire episode. And I'm not going to promise you when we'll be back with another episode, but we will be back with one soon. I will say very soon. We're going to do some form of talking about something, I promise you. But until then, Unexpected Fam, this is Dustin saying peace. Bye. You've been listening to the Unexpected Wrestling Podcast with Dustin and Chris Sal. Thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making it. Leave a review. It better be positive. And keep up with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Catch you at the next show.